All right, we are back. Ugh. Jeep, this is Jeep Chronicles number 21. I just got out of work and I'm driving home. Here in Tennessee, they lifted most of the ban uh, with today being a Tuesday on Monday, so restaurants can have half capacity and some places went back to work. Friday, they're really, they're letting everything go. I can tell the difference. There's more people out and about, more people shopping. But today it was a, it was, there was nice weather, so I, you know, went and took the money to the bank and ran a few personal errands while, while, ru while running some work errands. And uh, I don't understand motorcycles why they have radios. Like I've never ridden on a motorcycle, so I don't even know if you could hear the radio, but. It's so damn loud, like I was getting gas and just this guy screaming. It's weird when you're listening to like soft rock, like Flock of Seagulls or Air Supply. And playing it at that volume, it just, it's counterintuitive. I guess it's like listening to like the, you know, like pop country music, just super loud. Like you'd expect like there to be rap or death metal, maybe even like classic rock, depending on the band, honestly but just out there blaring so it was just that type of day jeeps were out much like mine windows down tops down just really out there you know playing the loud tunes for all to hear jesus rocking out to leonard skinnerd that's the type of day it was you know the threat of the the coronavirus is it's finally reached the point like the the threat of people getting sick isn't isn't worth what it used to be like now people's freedom is worth more than people living that's how i see it at least i haven't had a problem i keep reading on sites like reddit that people are having a problem with customers being assholes and i haven't had that issue i've i've exactly had the exact opposite where people are kind of like overly nice you know they're more understanding I mean, granted, on my registers, there's a six-foot divide. There's a divider between me and the person. I'm wearing a mask. They're wearing a mask. Most of my customers are hard of goddamn hearing, so you have to yell at them. I don't know. It's. I wonder if all my, uh, like all my pet peeves before this, I wonder if they're going to come back and be the same. Like used to, if you put, if you, the, if you put money down on the counter, especially when my hand was out. But if I put, if you put your money down on the counter and not in my hand, that used to set me off. And it's always been a pet peeve of mine. Back when I worked, when I was like 18 working at a, I was a clerk at a gas station, man. Like, God, it pissed me off when people did that. But back then, like, I didn't care if I kept that job. I would catch their hand as they go to like put money on the counter. I was like, no, you hand it to me. You know, and I'd kind of make a show of like, no, no, you're going to put the money in my hand. We are equals. And and it actually has two, like it has its origin and then it has like a second origin, a more recent origin. Like back in old, old timey London, I'm sure there's a more recent or further back version of this but back in old-timey London days after you got done fucking the hooker you threw the money at her feet because she was beneath you it wasn't worth your whatever to put it in her hand like it was she was a subclass 
So it was gross. So you threw money at her feet, even though you just fucked her. You know, she's the one that provided you the service, so you throw money at her feet. And then it happened back during segregation uh, or integration, like white shop owners, when they would have a black customer would come in, um, the white shop owner would like make them put their money on the counter. They wouldn't take their money from their hand because they felt like they were better. So it boils down to, I'm just like, so you feel like you are better than me because you are shopping in my establishment. So I'm not worth you putting the money in my hand. And it really, and like, it was just, it was one of those things, if I was in a bad mood, it would really piss me off where I feel like I could rant about it for 20, 25 minutes. But, uh, and then on a good day, it could change a good day into a bad day just because I didn't, you know, just, it would just run all over me. I couldn't let it go. But now, like, you have to put your money on the counter and you have to, like, slide it to me and you have to step back, you know. And I can I can treat people like they're diseased. <laughs> so, an interesting twist has happened in my life that I honestly didn't realize until just now that I have all the power now. Mwah, uh, uh. So, I try not to get political. I try to be even kill, but um, poisonings have went up by like 18% last number I heard. Um, because uh, the president was talking about injecting like ultraviolet light into you or something or injecting disinfectants because these disinfectants can kill the coronavirus in one minute. So what if we had a vaccine that you injected it and it could kill the coronavirus in one minute? Wouldn't that be something? So people drew conclusions on their own. Like if you lead a horse to water, it'll drink. And if you lead a dumb horse to fucking antifreeze, it'll drink. So uh, there are people out there that are drinking disinfectants and getting poisoned. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if these are like hardcore Republicans who are like, I knew it. I knew it this whole time I could drink Lysol. And you can, but there's a process you have to go through. Go talk to a homeless person. He, he knows how to process home cleaning products into consumable alcohol. Or if it's Democrats being like, I'm going to prove you wrong. If I die, then you're going to get in trouble for telling us all to drink disinfectants. I don't know. Vice or somebody should do a story on it. I'm not going to do it. That's too much effort. But I was really, you know, I've been thanked a, thanked a couple of times for, for working. And I'm not getting it twisted. Like, I'm still getting paid, you know. I'm not receiving any hazard pay. I'm getting a little bit of a bonus just as a thank you, you know. But I'm not... I don't feel like what I'm doing is I'm not providing that big of a service how I see it and maybe to somebody I am. I don't know. I don't see me making that big a difference. Like nobody's going to starve if they don't get to my store. Like there's other stores around that they could go to. So nobody's going to die without me personally. Like my money center hasn't been doing any money hardly. So they're not even using that. And the store has a pharmacy that's been being used. So that's but I'm not back there. Like, I don't have the credentials to work back there, so I'm not in the pharmacy doing work back there. So I don't feel like I'm doing anything. And a thank you is nice, but you know what would be nice is a pizza. And that's the point I was trying to make earlier when I started talking about assholes and whatnot. 
the town I work in isn't destitute. Like, they're not broke. You know, I, I would like for somebody to walk in, and my store's small. You know, walk in with like six to seven pizzas and just be like, hey, uh, thanks for coming in today. And it'll probably happen tomorrow when I'm off. But that would be nice. I see people like delivering the foods to hospitals and by all means, like if you have a choice to deliver to a store or to a hospital, send your food to the hospital. But if you got a little extra coin in your pocket, you know, maybe uh, send a pizza to the store. Like there's a uh, credit union or a credit. It's one of those like payday loan places, but it's called like something credit. And they're, they're letting people go, but they have to stay open, which that's, a, they're not letting people in their building. They're doing all their stuff out in the parking lot, so. The store manager sitting there, which I've yet to see him go out and help anybody in the parking lot, but he talks about how busy at work he is, and he might have a lot of paperwork to do. I don't know. I don't do his job. He doesn't do mine. He probably thinks that I don't do anything but stand behind a damn cash register and ring people up all day, which granted, like, half my shift, that's what I do. But yeah, he, he's, been, he's been talking about how it's affected him, and I don't see it. Yeah, like I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about, you know, they want stuff to go back to normal where people are yelling at people out in public again and getting into fights over stupid shit, you know. And it was all for comedic purposes. But I would like to think that we come out of this just a little bit. Like, so the store's not, the store's out of your cereal. Like, is that something that we really need to raise hell and get the manager for like because you really wanted that cereal and we have it on sale at a good price so you want that cereal like is that something to get upset over like i i hope that we've come to the point that it's that little things aren't going to bother us that way you know it's going to be more of a like things could be a lot worse you know you could be in quarantine you've could got nowhere to go hell you could be sick and almost died oh sorry i Super exhausted. What the hell was that? I think I just hit something. That's the beautiful thing about driving a Jeep. You can run over a bird or a small rodent. You don't even feel it. You just hear it. And I was... I don't, I don't even know if the microphone picked it up. So, I've got a buddy. I'm trying to get him on the my other podcast, Generation Oblivious, where we talk about news stories and whatnot. And a uh, real funny dude. Me and him, we just... We click. We always have clicked. Like, we can not talk for two or three months, and then we just start talking. And it's never that awkward shit. It's never those awkward pauses where we're like, well, we've got nothing to say to each other. Remember that time? Like, we always just talk, you know. Uh, and it's more him than me. Like, he's that guy. Like, he can walk into a store. He doesn't know anybody. And by the time we left, you know, he's friends with everybody. And then back in the single days, he would have all of the single ladies' phone numbers, I, I would bet. I didn't know him when he was single. He's We've only known each other. I've known him. He was engaged to be married when we first met, and I was married. So I've only known him as a, as a married man, and he's only known me as a married man. But I'm trying to get him on Generation Oblivious so we can talk, because us two... And the best part with like a natural conversation, this is natural in a way, but I'm cognizant that I'm being recorded and I'm trying not to have dead spots and I'm trying to be entertaining. Whereas me and him, we just talk and then it ends up being entertaining or I'm hoping so. But what I want, I'm gonna get him on at least once but I'm going to tease a story of his and I'm going to try to get the listenership up because he's got more friends than me. So he's got friends that will actually listen to Generation Oblivious. And I want enough friends to tune in so he has to come back and he has to tell a story about the time he almost shit his pants driving to work. It was one of the funniest stories. Like when he was telling it, I was laughing so hard. 
and it's that ju juvenile poop humor but the the way he was describing it everybody could relate to having that like right now there's few places i could stop if like i'm on a stretch right now there's nowhere for me to stop if diarrhea hit me i would either have to pull over and shit on the side of the road or try to hold it i'm passing a dollar general right now but no i would rather shit on the side of the road than go in there but you know the places are few and far between and he was on an interstate and he got the gurgles and he lived he worked like 30 minutes 35 minutes away from where he lived and there was no like he's one of these guys fucking love him but he's always fucking late and of course he was pushing it to be he was going to be late to work and he got the fucking tummy gurgles man and he started he got the cold sweats and the clammy hands and i'm going to stop telling it but man it was one of the funniest fucking stories and i'm, I'm going to try to get him to tell it so if you're if you're listening to this tune into the generation oblivious it's probably going to be episode 42 or 43 and it's probably going to be called knuckles and nuts so give that a listen and uh, hit me up on twitter i'm at robot nuts r-o-b-o-t-n-u-t-s um i'm the nuts of knuckles and nuts and he's the knuckles so hit me up and tell tell me you want to hear that story and then then that way i can convince him to tell that story but other than that not much going on i decided to um for those of you which I don't think I have a repeat listener. I don't even know if I have a listener. There's just backlogs of cat. I think Lewis only listens to this because he edits it, and I'm sure it's so loud and noisy. But it's kind of been like therapy for me. Uh, for those of you who don't know, like I, I used to be a professional drinker, and then my career, you know, got cut short due to injury, and I've had a couple ill-advised comebacks against the wishes of my family and of my medical staff. They've all told me not to not to get back into the ring, so to speak, but I did. But I went through rehab and all that shit, and I never really continued with my therapies, you know, but I, uh, I called the doctor and uh, I'm gonna go see a head shrinker. But it's just wild, like when you go to, like they all, they're all concerned that you're gonna kill yourself. And it's one of those, like, like do people not think of killing themselves like if you get three bad bad phone calls right in a row bing bang boom like i did two in a in a day like and i'm talking back to back like i'm trying to sell a condo and my realtor calls and says your homeowners association put a lien out against your house and i was like god damn it and for those of you who don't know if there's a lien against your house you can't sell the motherfucker and i've got somebody wanting to buy the motherfucker so not being able to sell the motherfucker really pisses me off until i can get that lien fucking lifted and of course they don't fucking like me so they don't take my phone call so how do i how am i supposed to get the lien lifted so that is a phone call i am having and those are my that's my internal monologue while i'm on the phone and i hang up the phone and i see a text message from my wife who's saying we had to consolidate our classrooms are getting rid of four teachers and i said well how many of you are there can you because if you're tenured you're not going to get cut so how many teachers are up for being fired? And including her, there's eight untenured teachers. So there's a 50% chance that my wife is gonna lose her job. So I get a phone call saying there's a lien on the property and until you get that lien dealt with, we can't sell the property and this girl really wants to buy it. So she could just use this as an excuse and say, fuck you, I'm not buying your fucking house now. And then I'm stuck making a goddamn house payment that I can barely fucking afford. And on top of that, 
Now there's a 50% chance that my wife's not gonna have a job, so I have the extra expense of paying for a, a condo payment that we used to rent to this condo, but the condo board ran off this black girl that I was written to, and the only reason I say she's black is because I know those fucking racist motherfuckers didn't like her because she was fucking black. I have no proof, but that's what I feel. I'm speeding. <laughs> Goddamn, I'm going 60 in a 45. So I get that I get that phone call immediately followed by that text message. What person doesn't immediately go, this is all fucking pointless. I would the, why am I even alive? Who doesn't think that? Or to some variant, to some extent of that. Like, fuck it, why try to do anything? Sell all my shit, I'm just going to be homeless. Or fuck it, I'm going to smoke a bunch of meth because goddammit, trying to walk the straight and narrow doesn't fucking work for me. So let's all turn gay and smoke meth and go play with tigers down in Oklahoma. Woo! That's what I want to say. Be like, fuck it, let's just be a party boy. I'll start a fans only that nobody will go see, so it'll be just like this podcast. <laughs> it'll have one less viewer than I'll have one less viewer than I'd have one listener on this podcast because Lewis isn't going to have to edit my sex videos for my for my fans or one fan or true fans, whatever the shit it's called. <laughs> I couldn't pay Lewis enough to edit my sex videos. But who doesn't have those fucking chaotic thoughts? Like, you just got hit with a one-two punch from Conor McGregor in the bad news department. Who's not questioning all their life's decisions? I mean, like, God damn it, why did I buy that condo? God damn it, why did I tell my wife to quit her retail job and go back, go to school to be a teacher? Shouldn't I have just quit my retail job and went and flipped burgers at McDonald's if we needed that money that bad? Because she made way more money than I fucking do, but I'm, I don't have the mentality to be a teacher. I didn't realize that I didn't like kids until I was around kids. I always thought that I liked children, but I don't. Children suck. And for those of you out there listening, all kids suck except for your own. So if you hate kids, the odds of you hating your kid, it's still possible. There's somebody out there with a kid that they just don't like. And that's unfortunate. There are parents out there that don't know how to bond with their children. My son's six and we should bond over everything because he's exactly like me. But I know what troubles he's in for in life, and I, I don't know how to help him. He loves video games and movies. I love video games and movies. He loves spending all day inside. He's in quarantine. He's loving goddamn life. He eats when he wants to eat. He plays video games and watches movies all day and then goes to bed and wakes up and do it again. He's describing what I want my retirement to be. He's living my retirement life right now. But I don't know how to help him with what's to come. I don't know how to tell him, be like, well, when you're 17, you're going to realize that you're really good at drinking. And by really good, I mean you can drink a lot. And then people are going to come up and try to challenge you to drinking contests. And you're going to win. You're going to win a lot of them. And you're going to feel really good. And you're going to feel important. But you're not. It's all a ruse. And let's just be hope, let's just hope that he doesn't get addicted to that, 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 that meth, that good meth that turns you gay. So I get a phone call and be like, Dad, I'm in, I'm in Oklahoma. Why the fuck is anybody in Oklahoma? How is that even a state? It should be just a void. But Dad, I'm in Oklahoma. I'm marrying a dude and his other boyfriend. We're all getting married and we're opening a tiger ranch. Be like, holy shit. And honestly, my first reaction would be like, can I have some of that? But I digress. But whose thoughts don't turn to that? You pick up the phone and you get, hey. And I don't, I don't know what other, like... Yeah, it was my fault. I bought a condo. It wasn't that I couldn't afford the condo, but I bought the condo. And I bought a condo close to my friend. And did I love this condo? No. Did I want to move to that city? No. Did I want to live by my friend? Yes. So I bought the condo. 
And then we moved out of the condo and then we rented the condo. So I was making the condo payments and then I was, and then it was being rented. Was it being rented for less than my mortgage? Yeah. So have I been running a loss for the past eight years? Yep, sure have. But that's not your problem. That's my problem. And that's my fault. But now the homeowners association, the racist homeowners association is coming out, putting a lien on my property so I can't sell it. And I don't know how to equate it in your life. Imagine that you're at home and your car gets repoed and you get a call from the, the no, you, that your electricity gets turned off and then you get a phone call going, hey, you know, your last payment with the bank didn't clear. We're trying to get it, uh, we're trying to get it cleared up, but if we don't get it cleared up, we're gonna take your car. But you're still gonna have to make car payments on the car. So what do you, what the fuck? Who doesn't have a destructive thought? Who doesn't think, well, I should just walk in the middle of the street, get take two fucking blue chews and cut my fucking erect dick off and bleed to death that way, why not? Who doesn't have that thought? of wanting to take a gallon of gas, walk into Walmart, dump it over your head and light yourself on fire in the middle of the domestics and run and grab and touch all the pillows that you can. <laughs> like, is this something I should tell my therapist? Because that's the first question. Are you planning, do you have thoughts of harming yourself? Well, no, not real ones. But do I get fed up and be like, oh, fuck me. Just, I wish I would die. Yes, I have those thoughts nearly every day. I ate Arby's earlier and currently I wish I would die. <laughs> you know, I always, I always thought Arby's, like I thought roast beef was one of those prime cuts of meat. I didn't know you could get cheap roast beef, but I was eating a roast beef sandwich and a piece of roast beef fell on the floor. An hour after it fell on the floor in my office, I found it and it had already turned hard and had grown crust. <laughs> I have shit my brains out since eating Arby's and I love Arby's. They have the meats. I love Arby's. It's delicious. But I've thought to myself, man, I wish I was fucking dead. Taking three shits. My bathroom's right by the pharmacy, so I have to walk in front of the pharmacy every time I need to go to the bathroom. And in my mind, people are always watching me and being like, how many times Mark goes to the bathroom in a day? Does he have a weird, strange drug addiction? Is Mark doing heroin in the bathroom? Probably not. But probably, does Mark have the shits? Well, I heard him fart back there and he choked himself in the back room. Or I walked by, I had the walking farts, walking past the pharmacy. With every step. Every step I took was a fart. I don't want people knowing when I shit. I don't even let my wife and kid know when I'm shitting. I mean, it's obvious because I go to the bathroom on a different floor just in case. But it was not going to happen tonight because I've shit, shit three times. And by the third one, it hurt. And I was like, oh my God, I wish I was just fucking dead. I wish this would kill me. And is that a bit dramatic? Yeah, it is. Am I a bit over the top? If you haven't noticed that already, and if you're still listening, yes, I am. I'm very much over the top. But if there's not a part of you that when you get bad news that you wish you didn't have a completely different life. And it doesn't have to be, it just, it all depends on your mood. I'm guessing, I don't know, I'm not a therapist, but I'm gonna see one and we're probably gonna get into this. And you know what my goal is gonna be? Not to, not to be therapied, not to alleviate or let, let free the demons that are inside of me spit roasting my soul. No, my goal is to make the therapist laugh. It's all I want to do. When I had a fucking nervous breakdown and I was in the emergency room, all I was trying to do was trying to make the intake nurse laugh. And I even called him on it. I said, man, that shit was funny. Why aren't you laughing? And he's like, I'm trying not to. I said, I, I need for you to laugh because if you don't laugh, I'm going <laughs> to start crying and my breakdown is going to be worse. Ooh, storm chaser. Hold on. I got to take another drink. 
So is therapy even going to work for me? I don't know. Why is humor my go-to defense mechanism? Most people don't even think I'm that funny. That's a lie. <laughs> I'm not claiming to be funny. I like to think I'm funny and I can make people laugh. But that's, I mean... So far, this has been the rant of all rants. I was running out of stuff to talk about. I didn't realize... Hell, I don't need to go to therapy. This can just be my therapy. Just let it out. Tell the truth. Nobody's listening. Just Lewis. What's up, bud? Lewis, the producer, he's producing the shit, cutting out all the edit parts, and when I take a drink, trying to stifle the noise of a Jeep. God, I love my Jeep, but it is noisy as shit, as you can tell. The background noise you hear is the noise that's in my head, because that's the noise that this Jeep makes. Like, you, there is no road. It's not a quiet ride. Don't get it twisted. If you sit in the back and you're trying to talk to the person up front, don't, because you can't fucking hear. But I love my Jeep. My Jeep Wrangler. Driving home from work. There's a man walking from a gas station with Yingling. I can only assume he has three DUIs and he can't drive anymore. Like, I wonder how far away I was from that. Like, I don't even have good... Like, I'm like the guy in the NFL or NBA that's had a long career, but I never made it to the Pro Bowl. Like, I never won a championship. I was good enough to keep around, but I have no DUIs. I have no drunken publics, no public intoxication, no indecent exposures. I don't have a I don't have a, a a cop rap sheet on me at all. So you could be like, man, this guy was in the league allegedly. He says he was, but there's no stats on him. He's not putting up decent numbers. And I keep going back to being gay and being on meth. But my buddy brought it up, and I was like, that's how I know you don't listen to my podcast, friend. Not Knuckles, but my other buddy. We'll call him Aldo. Aldo doesn't listen to this podcast. You know how I know? Because he brought up that meth that the, that the Tiger King was taking. So I put my rant on here from, from a few days ago. I was like, most people are turned off by meth, but I'm a, I want to try that meth that turns you gay. Not that I want to be gay, but I want to see how good that high is that you're willing to suck a dick later just, to, just so you can get more of that meth. It has to be good. It has to be good. That's what I'm going to ask my therapist. Be like, do normal people think this way? Like that shit in Russia. That crocodile that you inject and it destroys your arm. If you haven't seen that, look up crocodile drug in Russia. It turns your skin black and scaly and then your arm falls off. But kids keep slamming it into their veins. How fucking good is that high? Be like, you're going to take this and your arm's going to fall off. But it's the best high ever. It's better than doing a line of cocaine and having an orgasm at the same time, which I'm told doing a line of cocaine feels like you're having an orgasm. So I can only imagine if you're having an orgasm while you're doing a line of coke, it's like a double orgasm. It's like when you get that hooker and you're just going to town on her and then she slips that dildo in your butt. Boom! Squirt. All right. Well, I think I've traumatized Lewis enough. If you like what you hear, you know, I try to, I try to keep this, at least this podcast regular for now. Uh, Corona's got my other one put on block. I didn't mean for it to, but my work schedule, your work schedule, Lewis's work schedule, it's hard to get generation oblivious. This is just me driving home, and I drive home every day. So if you like what you hear, uh, check us out at, uh, our website is thehiddenpixel.com. Check me out on Podbean. Check me out on SoundCloud. SoundCloud is Mark Orndorff, and I'm the picture with a person with a thousand little strings coming off of their head, or worms, however you want to look at it. Kind of looks like Medusa. Hit me up on Twitter, at RobotNuts. Uh, reach out and let us know if you like what we're doing. Other than if, if, if you don't, I'm afraid Lewis is going to fire me because I'm just costing him time at this point. He's like, I edit your podcast and nobody listens to the goddamn thing. And I'm like, how do you think I feel? 
I'm out there telling my deep, dark secrets to the world. I don't even tell my wife this shit. And I put it out there for you people to judge and be entertained. So I might have two listeners now. Lewis probably got his girlfriend, Courtney, to come over and listen to it. Hey, sorry if you don't. Bleep that out if you don't want me using her name. But hey, how are you? <laughs> oh, this is off the rails. This is going to be a strange night. All right, well, I'm Royal Jelly, and this has been the Jeep Chronicles. And until next time.